If your life was made a movie, which actor would you hope to play your character? Hello and welcome again to another episode of our program Develop. It is our absolute honor and privilege to have your company as we conclude together a series we started a few episodes ago, which we've titled God's Moving Image. God's Moving Image. And uh, the entire uh, series is attempting to explore what does it mean uh, to be the image of God. We understand that the most significant and distinctive feature of humanity is that we created in God's image and likeness. So we, we, we were mentioning that we are God's image, but we are God's moving image. We're like, um, you know, uh, a movie in a sequel that was scripted back in, in the Garden of Eden. And we're living the repercussions of, of that first uh, uh, act of drama. And we explained that uh, throughout the scripture, we don't have specific descriptions of what does it mean to be an image bearer. But the entire scripture is left with a narrative for us to grasp and, uh, and pick up clues about what, what is God? What's his, uh, what is God like? And therefore, what? could his image bearers be like? However, there's been, uh, you know, for us, uh, we, we see that um, there are four passages uh, that enable us to, uh, to look at the concept of being God's image. Number one is creation. There's passages on creation to say that we created in God's image. There is passages on incarnation where Jesus is the perfect image of God who deposited that very nature by the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That's act number two in the eternal screenplay. And uh, that potentiality is expressed to us in partnership with the Holy Spirit. And we get several passages in the New Testament that speaks about us being transformed into the, uh, the likeness, into the image uh, of Christ by the power of the Spirit. And then finally, there is a group of cluster of passages that speaks about the final act, the glorification, where we're going to be restored into the very image of Christ upon His uh, return, the second coming. So today, allow me to finish off our series with the screening uh, time. It's screened at Golden City, and that is our perfection. It will be uh, this story, this movie, your life, uh, who you are, who you're becoming will be revealed at cinemas uh, next to you. And the idea is throughout the scripture, we see that there is a first Adam and then last Adam. So we're part of two races of your life. The natural race uh, headed by Adam, the first man, Adam, uh, who became a living being. But then as we become followers of Jesus and we put our trust in him, we become part of another race. And that's the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual, which is Christ, did not come first, but the natural came first. And after that, 
the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man, that is Christ, is of heaven. But here is, uh, like obviously this is like a, 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 a doctrine or a, a, a listing of facts, but here is the twist. We see Paul in, in the next aspect of, of that chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, tells us the implication of that upon our life. It says, as was the earthly man, that's Adam, so are those who are of the earth. Simple. Because Adam lived in this particular way, uh, we adopted that way of living because we inherited his nature. So like him, so we were. But then he says, and as is the heavenly man, that's Christ, so also are those who are of heaven. That means the implication, just like we in Adam live that type of life, end in this particular way, in Christ we live this type of life and end in this particular destination. And here he says, and just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, Adam, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man, that is Christ. That means our destination, our end, our, our revelation at the very end, we would manifest the image of Christ like on earth we have manifested the image of Adam. That's our non-negotiable uh, end of, 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 the, of the drama, the eternal drama that started in Eden. Those who are in Christ will eventually be fully restored at His second coming. So at Christ's return, complete restoration of God's image will take place. We shall also be like Christ, morally pure, never subject to death again. And scholars, uh, biblical scholars, uh, clarify different aspects of this restoration. And I would like to share with you just three uh, parts of this manifestation where, where heaven and earth will recognize uh, that full restoration of the image. And those three things, we will be manifested in our full adoption as children of God, our liberation, our freedom will be fully uh, on display and our adoration of Christ or, uh, uh, will be so uh, beyond anything that we've experienced on earth. So let's go through those three aspects that will be manifested at His second coming and for eternity one by one. The first one is 1 John 3 verses 1 and 2 and it says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Lavished, I love that word, lavished over and above, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Notice here that this is not something we're going to receive later on. That's what we are already. You see, we're going to be manifested as children of God in full sight of everybody and at our full potential expressed and actualized. But the reality is we are already experiencing the reality of our identity as loved children of God. And he says this, the reason the world does not know us 
is that it did not know Him. They can't fully recognize our sonship, our, 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 uh, our adoption uh, to God. And it says, dear friends, now we are children of God. That's our reality. And what we will be has not yet been made known. Can you see that dilemma of already but not yet? That's throughout all our life, spiritual life. We live in the tension of the already and not yet. We are already God's children, but we're not yet uh, God's children. In what way? We are already God's children that we have all the, the capabilities, the potentiality, the, 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 the status of being God's children, but that's not fully reflected in our life. The, the world can't see fully the reality, uh, the spiritual reality on the inside, but one day they will. It, they will see it when, but we know that when Christ appears, the second coming, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The first thing that we ought to be aware of uh, that when a uh, uh, movie uh, that began in, in the Garden of Eden uh, be displayed to, to, to the world, to, to the universe, to the powers, to the angels, uh, the, the reality is we're going to be shown uh, as the authentic children of God fully uh, displayed that just like Jesus was uh, the, the, you know, the Son of God by nature, we are the children of God by grace. We, 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 we can say to God now and forever, Abba, Father, in the same way, the Spirit enabled us to speak that way, in the same way that Jesus addressed God in the gospel, the Father Abba, Father, the same terminology. We are able to uh, live out the reality of our adoption in God's uh, eternal family because of what Jesus did in us. We will shall be like Him. The second thing that happens in, 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 in Christ's return and for our eternity is that we will experience liberation. We now shackle down. We have a potentiality we can't fully express it. Why? Because we have some limitation because we're in the flesh, because we're in the world. We're burdened by our Adamic nature. We still have the Adamic nature within us that is skewed to and, and had tendency to be self-centered to display the characteristics of Adam. We can't fully display. That's why we have Two, raw, uh, two characters in our raw footage. Here in Romans chapter 8, 22 to 25, it says this. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we await eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. You see what Paul is saying that creation, all of creation is 
eagerly awaiting that manifestation of our uh, full status of adoption and, and the redemption of our bodies. What does that mean? It means that we are going to have a body uh, that is resembling the body of the glorious body of Christ, which means we're going to be freed, redeemed from, delivered from, rescued from our our fleshly nature that has that has been sabotaging our our attempt to actualize the life of Jesus in us and in Philippians Paul makes it utterly clear but our citizenship is in heaven and so we we will return to our homeland one day uh, and we eagerly the same word we eagerly await a savior from there the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Wow, wow. We have a homeland, but not only a homeland, we're going to have a transformation into the body, the, the, the glorious body, the, the glorious uh, nature of Christ. You see, what Paul is saying in both Romans and here in Philippians 3, uh, that we're going to be manifested in such a way that we are free uh, from the crippling chains of our, our sinful nature, our tendency to live uh, uh, self-centered lives uh, apart from God's control and reign. And as a reality, we can't live out fully the DNA of Jesus on the inside of us, but things will change. You see, when Christ returns, He will enable us to let go of the presence of sin. That's the process of salvation where not only will we be delivered from the penalty of sin, not only will we be delivered from the power of sin, we'll be delivered from the presence of sin, the presence of sin that skews our life to, to, to resemble our Adamic uh, nature rather than uh, our Jesus nature. So we see that we, we are not just adopted and we'll be revealed as, as God's awesome, glorious children, but we will be enabled to live that freedom of manifesting that nature without the crippling uh, gravity that keeps us down because of us being here in the flesh. The third thing is the adoration uh, that we will be able to worship God in such insane way that we long for at the moment. But we will have the opportunity to adore Him in such a way that we've never experienced before. And that is what every God-honoring believer is so waiting eagerly for. Look at how uh, John in Revelation puts it for us. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. He's looking into the future and telling us what's going to happen. And there was no longer any sea, no separation. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and He will dwell with them. They will be His people and God Himself will be with them 
and be their God. Let's pause for a second. Why is he saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. You, 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 you're aware that in the Old Testament, God's dwelling place was in a, in a temple, in a, in, in, in a meeting space with God. And we read in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are now God's temple, but Jews and Gentiles have been united and built up into God's temple. That means we are God's dwelling place. So why is he saying that now this is God's dwelling place? Because remember, it's already and not yet. You know, this it's almost like when you're creating a movie, you're saying, yeah, this is what the movie is like. But it hasn't been fully edited and 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 um, and personal. Uh, production hasn't been completed so you you haven't got the screening yet it's the movie there but it's it's going to be even even more glorious when you see it at the end after all that that, that, that gets um, you know implemented the sound effects and the color corrections and and all the uh, the intricate details of the editing and and we're going to be the screen is going to be awesome so we're going to we're going to see to a greater capacity God's presence uh, with his people and he goes on and says on each side of the river stood the tree tree of life. We spoke about the tree of life in our first uh, session where we spoke about the idea that the tree of life is, is the life of God that if uh, if our forefathers took from it uh, after their fall, uh, it, it, you know, God said, no way, I'm not going to allow that to happen because they would live forever. Uh, and and he, he, he separated them uh, so, and, 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 and put a guard on the tree of life. But now it's open access to all. It's the life of God for accessible to all. Bearing 12 corpses of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. You see, uh, when we talked about the purpose for which we were created, God's scripted way for us uh, to live that movie that He had in mind, we mentioned there were three purposes. To relate to God in a harmonious way, almost uh, the exact thing that's going to happen in eternity where our relationship, our endearment, our loving uh, expression and experience of God is manifested in our adoption and being God's children. So that aspect of, 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 of our um, existence is going to be restored fully. And then our, our ability to, to reflect God's qualities is, is now hampered because of our sinful nature. But as we've seen, we're going to have liberation from that sinful crippling chains and we're going to be able to reflect His, cap His qualities. And now we see that we're going to serve God because our third purpose for existence was to represent God, uh, the selfless rule of God in creation. Uh, we serve God. God and His creation. And here it says, you know, uh, that, that, that selfless rulership will be restored to its full capacity. And He keeps going and says this. It says, they will see His face. That's the interaction that we have, the intimacy, the love that we have. And His name will be on the 
their foreheads. The name speaks of, of belonging. And I also have a sense that when the name of somebody is written on the forehead, that's, the, that's almost like the manifestation. A name is, is a character. Is, you know, people used to name, um, uh, name their children uh, with a, a specific character quality in mind. So when his name is on our forehead, that whenever anybody sees us, sees the qualities of God manifested in our appearance, in our disposition, in our life. And, and then he says, there will be no more night. They will, not need, uh, they will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Remember from the very beginning of Genesis chapter 1, God says to our forefathers, you know, reign you know, go, go, be fruitful and multiply and reign over my creation. I trust you. Not, 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 not dictatorial, harsh, uh, abusive rulership. No, uh, God's rulership manifested in His people. They, they reign selflessly just as the Lord would reign. You know, we, we always say that God is not a power hoarding God, but a power sharing God. And that's what's going to happen when the movie is manifested. You see, it's incredible that the image will be fully restored. The exact purpose and design God had from Eden and, and through incarnation, we are enabled to live that life and then uh, we live it now with imperfection until the day comes when we live it in glory, uh, fully restored to the image, to bear the image that God created us to bear. This is the end of your movie. Uh, this is the end of our movie uh, as we see it now, but it's the beginning of the manifestation of the creativity, the plan, the awesome dreams of the ultimate director God who started by writing the script in Eden, who, who when, when, it, when it was messed up in the second act, he brought Jesus to Calvary to die and to enable us to, to have deposited within us uh, this potentiality, who has given us the Holy Spirit so that we could partner with Him in community to manifest, uh, uh, to manifest His character. I know imperfectly on earth, but until glorification in His second coming, where that will be manifested fully and the full restoration of God's eternal plans will be seen. So you are aware that you're going to be like Jesus fully. And I'm going to be like Jesus fully. We will know God as we're known by God. We're going to have an incredible interaction, harmony, love, uh, lavish love, where we experience truly our, our adoption. And then we're going to be able to reflect His qualities in ways we've never been able to do here on earth because we're crippled by our sinful nature. And we're going to be able to serve Him and reign with Him in a selfless type of way forever and ever. 
I pray that ignites your passion. And, and I don't know uh, if you're a Christian, what you think when you think about eternity. What do you think when you think about the end of that movie? When you think about the production, the screening that will go on and on and on for eternity. Uh, you know, different people react differently because we need to ask, the so what question. How does the end impact the now? How does the end, which is the screening, which is eternity, impact our life now on earth? And, uh, and the reality is you probably know people or maybe uh, you can reflect on your own life where the idea of eternity, of being like Jesus at the end, uh, fully manifest the restored image of God that He intended for us can produce different, uh, uh, different reactions. Some of us, uh, the eternity to them is meaningless. It's meaningless. It has very little impact on their life. It has very little influence on how they take actions today. Okay, you know, may it be, you know, uh, whatever happens, happens, but I'm focused on the now. I'm focused on my family. I am focused on my career. You know, I got to live. I got to, I got to, I got to feed uh, myself and those people that are, uh, you know, dependent on me. I, I, I got to, uh, I got to live a life that's meaningful and enjoyable and, and eternity and, and our end goal, end in view isn't necessarily impacting the way we live our life today because really it's an end goal, but it's not in view uh, before us day in and day out. But, but for others, uh, they, they, they are motivated by this end. You know, they may be motivated to push hard, to work hard, or they may be motivated by fear. Like they're going to be an end. They're going to be an eternity. I've got to be very careful how I, how I interact. And, and it almost like fear God as a, as living in, in some type of a, of a, you know, oppressive, uh, life experiences. And, and, and for others, eternity is, is a provoker of hope. You know, regardless of the experiences of life, the challenges of life that they face, the opposition, the persecution, whatever it may be, the loss of loved ones, all of that motivates them uh, to have hope of the life to come and the glory that is yet to be experienced and the peace, you know, God will wipe every tear from our eyes. The experience of a fellowship, a loving family forever, the experience of serving God and worship Him like we've never done before, that can give us hope. Whatever it is that, 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 that impacts you when you think of eternity, I, I want to add one little thing that when we know the end, we can align our edits, our actions in the now. When we know the end, what we want the movie to look like in the future, this should fuel us to, uh, to make decisions regularly on what we keep and what we'll let go of what we will uh, decide and what we will ignore, what we will uh, invest time in and what we will, uh, you, know, you know, let go of, you know. Uh, it, it should be a, a deciding factor, a lens to determine what we do today. Because the reality is this, uh, uh, Peter says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? 
You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, like the second coming. Uh, but in keeping with His promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. You see, uh, Peter here is helping us to uh, capture that our, our end, our future, our eternity uh, should influence the way we live today. Not just influence our actions, but can you see that? What kind of people ought we to be? The type of person that we be should be influenced by our future self. You see, in the future... We are Jesus-like people. That's our true future self from God's perspective. So we need to live life, uh, our future self, in the present because of our potential. I want you to remember that. We need to live our future self, the image that uh, glorifies God, the Jesus-like image. We need to live it now. We need to collaborate with the Holy Spirit, human effort and divine effort. And we do that because of the potential that we have. Uh, Peter concludes this by saying, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, which is eternity, the second coming of Christ, uh, the screening of our movie, make every effort. That's the human aspect of partnership to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Live out daily what you're going to be in the future, even though it's with imperfection and distortion. Nevertheless, this should be our life. We live our future self in the present by the power of the Spirit because of our potential. This is who you are. This is the type of person. This is the type of movie you are constructing, that I'm constructing. We are co-workers with God. We are co-laborers with God. We are co-builders with God. And we construct the type of person we are individually and collectively as Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that we build one another up towards manhood, the full manhood, the full measure of Christ uh, stature. It's crazy. We are in the process of constructing a movie, of constructing ourselves, of building being, of building personhood where we live our future self in the present now with distortion by the power of the Spirit because of our potential. A diagram that is helpful for me. We live a God-glorifying image. What we will become, which is the Jesus, the J+. This is the Jesus dream, what Jesus is like. We live that. That's the desire that we're looking at. That's the desire that attracting our action. We live that unfolding today. How do we do that? in divine energy and human effort. We need the Holy Spirit to provide us the energy. We walk by the Spirit, but we need our own effort, making every effort. And how can we live that out? Despite of the challenges of life, the ups and downs, the variety of character traits that we, the just me and the Jesus me, that we, we often mingle together in our raw footage. You know, we do all of that because of the Christ potentiality that's on the inside of us. We are able to live out our Christ-likeness in the now, albeit with a, a bit of distortion, because we need to know that we have everything that portrays the life and godliness on the inside of us.
I have looked at different actors who, um, you know, they participated in movies about Jesus. I looked at some of their uh, interviews over the last few weeks. I read few of the actors. And in one of the interviews that I had with one of the people who acted the character of Jesus uh, in uh, AD, the Bible continues, uh, he said some amazing things about how he prepared himself to live this character out uh, in, in, in the movie. He says this, being being able to step into Jesus' sandals, I knew I had this responsibility and real purpose. In preparation for the role, I experienced grace while in the Sahara Desert. When I took a few days prior to the filming to go into solitude and ask, how will I do this role justice? How can, I give, how can I give myself to this role to, to give it justice, to, to represent Jesus in that movie? It's a, it's a burden, it's a responsibility. It says, the peace I felt under the stars, surrounded by sand and wind, was mind-blowing. Something was giving me massive strength for the task at hand. Some divine energy that felt calming and exciting. It says, I decided to let him work through me to be a channel for him. And to this day, I remember very little about how I played him. I only remember being open to whatever he wanted to say through me. Oh my goodness. That is exactly what I believe each single one of us could aspire to be. You don't have to go to the Sahara Desert to experience the divine enabling of the Spirit so that you could live out the image that you would eventually be transformed into. But you can ask the Holy Spirit today, what kind of person do I want to live out, Holy Spirit? I can't do it on my own. So I've decided, please, Holy Spirit, Allow the character of Jesus to be manifested through me. And I don't want to do it in my own. I want, I want to surrender so that you can speak through me. You can decide through me. You can motivate me to do what you would have done yourself if you were on the set. And, and imagine what will happen if the Holy Spirit takes it seriously. And like this actor, they say, I can't remember how I played him out. <laughs> He just did something supernatural on the inside of me that Jesus appeared and I was in character more often than not. Imagine what your family would experience if you're manifesting Jesus more regularly. Imagine the, the, the way you would selflessly serve them. Imagine, imagine what your workplace will be like if every time you walk in, they say, this guy speaks with such wisdom, humility and authority. Like, like, like what, what type of person is this? And they will be blessed as a result of that. Imagine, imagine your church environment and people instead on the outside of declaring Christians as hypocrites, they would say, this person smells differently. This group of people, uh, you know, have a different type of faith that is authentic and genuine. 
Imagine if somebody checked your diary and see the integrity of the way you invest your time and the selflessness by which you do life. Imagine, imagine the impact that would have over their own inner life. And imagine when you live with such profound Jesus-like integrity and selflessness. I would imagine heaven would be on the megaphone yelling out, look out, look out what Jesus-likeness can be like in earthen vessels, in ordinary people. And, and, and the hosts of angels will have a, a little collaborative meeting of brainstorming. Oh my goodness, look what God's manifestation looks like in the human race. And they will bring glory back to God and say, wow, that's what he had in mind when he wrote the script of moving image that represent his harmonious heart of relationship, his character qualities that is meant to be manifested in us and his selfless rulership that we are invited to represent in creation. It is our heart's prayer and desire that by the power of the Holy Spirit will live our future self in the present because of the potentiality that you have. Until we see you either here on earth or there in eternity, be utterly blessed.